Thank you guys for coming back to listen to another episode. I'm here with the owner and CEO of The Skin Brewery, Tiana Romera. Hi, Tiana. Hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I wanted to have you on because I'm just a big fan of your brand. Um, (laughs) One of my goals last year and just, I guess, forever is to support Black-owned businesses. And I wanted to find a company that was making like handmade soaps. I love how they look. I love how they smell. Um, And I found your brand on Instagram and I haven't tried any others because I just love (laughs) soaps so much. I use them this morning in the shower and it's, it's really one of my favorites. Um, Yeah. So I, and when I was doing the research for this interview, I was shocked to see that your company just started last year. Yeah, uh, we actually, I launched it and set everything up business-wise in 2019, but I took the whole 2019 to actually do the research about the business part of it to make sure I had all my ducks in a row before I actually went and started creating the actual brand. Um, And when I did that, we actually launched the website and the actual business part of it in 2020. Well, that makes sense. Crazy ride. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense then, because it seemed like such a smooth launch. Um, (laughs) Looking back through all of your social media posts and things, it didn't seem like you had a lot of uh, kinks to work out, which if you took Um, a year to prepare. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you're going to, for any business, there's always going to be kinks. It's always going to be those little nuances and the things that play a part in the background that everyone doesn't really see on social media. But um, I definitely think as far as the kinks come in, um, oh, if you hear my dog, that's just my dog in the background, sorry. But um, those kinks, the issues that I had were the issues that they pretty much came from as the brand portion of it and not like the business part because I did take that gear to make sure I do my research on how to file at LLC and taking classes on taxes and accounting and things like that because I do everything myself. So I really wanted to make sure I was super hands-on with the business part because you have so many, I've met so many entrepreneurs or inspiring entrepreneurs that their brand and their everything like that is is really good but when i ask okay do you know about taxes you know you have to pay taxes every month you have do you have an account and then they just look at me like a deer headlights and it's just like well you have to make sure that the business part of everything gets done because the last thing you want is the IRS and all of these people coming after you, like the branding and creating the website and all that. That's fun, but that comes secondary to actual the actual business part of it. Absolutely. So I did take that year off to make sure all of that was okay and that was squared away. And then when we actually launched, the kinks that I did have, of course, came from branding and things like that. But after, you know, I researched all of that and got everything where I wanted to be. It was uh, a smooth ride from there. (laughs) Absolutely. That's amazing. 
And it shows a lot about how much you care about your business and your brand that you took the time to do the not so fun stuff and make sure that was all in order. Yeah, definitely. Did you have like a nine to five before you switched over to being a business owner? I actually still have a nine to five. (laughs) Really? Oh my gosh. Um, I still have a nine to five. Um, I just, I'm not at the point right now where I want to let it go. I can, but I don't want to right now. Um, I want to make sure that once I do that, I'm, I'm good all the way around the board. As far as my business, it stands on its own, you know, and everything that I wanted the at least the first two years, because this is going into my second year of my business, everything to go back into the business. I didn't want to take expenses from my business and use them for personal gain. So everything that I have, I have that luxury because I have a, still have my nine to five that takes care of all of my personal expenses and everything that I get from my business, I'm able to put it back into my brand to make sure that my branding is every, the way that I want it to be. And then once everything is good. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I can leave my nine to five. And I know that that cash flow is still coming in. And I have like the hang up putting that money to the side and putting the money into my brand. So everything I have in my mind, I have a plan that everything is working according to that plan. So yes, right now I still do have a nine to five. Um, and with that, I really like the nine to five that I do have um, just because I'm actually able to work on my business at my nine to five as well Um, because they understand that I am an entrepreneur and I work in an office setting. So it's just like I can answer when I have downtime, I can answer emails or I can do these things. So um, my situation right now is very rare from other entrepreneurs, but I love it because it's perfect for everything that I have going on. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) That's a great logic I think a lot of people think once I start a business I have to be all in on the business but sometimes what you're doing it makes more sense yeah um, because you can use all the money from your business and just invest it back in that's such a good idea I'm so impressed oh my gosh (laughs) because you still um the skin brewery still delivers things very quickly I've never had any issues with things being late. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so much more impressed by that. Definitely, like I said, I I took that year to really, really get everything together and write down everything and just make sure I plan everything out very strategically, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs coming in, they don't do. They're just... They just see this, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur and do my own things. But you have to, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you have to make sure that all of your ducks are in a row. Because the last thing you want to do is start a business and then you stop or take a break from your business to say, oh, hey, I have to go research this or I have to figure this out or do that. And then that's customers that you're losing that sales that you're losing out on that's you know because you didn't do that in the beginning you want to just it's a marathon guys that's where (laughs) and that that research and all of that hard stuff and stuff that you don't want to do in the beginning if you do it in the beginning you will not have to do it in the middle of your business or stop your business like you can just keep going you can and grow and you don't have to miss out on sales and things like that because i see on social media a lot of 
entrepreneurs, they start their business and they're like, hey, we're shutting down for a few months to, for me to research this or me to do this. And I'm just like, yeah, we're not going to do that at the Skin Brew. We have, to, we have too many customers and too many supporters who love our products. And I just can't imagine shutting down when I have so many people that are depending on this product. I can't do that. Right. Right. So do you do everything on your own or do you have employees? I do everything on my own. <laughs> wow. Do you sleep? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, during the week, I usually catch up on my sleep on the weekends. Um, but sleep is kind of, uh, what is that sometimes? <laughs> I am a one woman show. I do have, um, people who help me out from time to time. Like I have friends and family who they'll stop by the facility and they'll, you know, help me out and help me pack orders and things like that. And I really love that because I've actually inspired a lot of them to go ahead and start their own businesses. And um, it's whenever I need um, assistance or help, I definitely have certain people that would definitely come and help me out. But for the most part, I'm a one-woman show. Um, but we're looking to change that pretty soon. So. Yeah, well, that's good. And I saw on your Instagram, you do you do everything. Like you said, you also do the graphic design and like you made your own website. That is correct. I created my own website. I do my own pictures, my own graphics. I do my own accounting, bookkeeping. Wow. Um, I do everything and I really wanted it to be in the beginning though. It was not that way. <laughs> um, but I had to learn a lesson. I, when I first started, I didn't know how to do anything. And I was looking to just dish out money to whoever could do it for me. But then when they would do it, the products that would be delivered to me as far as graphics and website design weren't up to my standard or my creativity. I'm a very creative person. Um, I live and breathe creativity. <laughs> and so I was just like, you know what? Let me try to do this myself because nobody can see the vision that I see. So I just researched and pretty much learned how to create a website learn how to do my own graphics, learn how to invest in the camera and learn how to take my own photos of my products. And I'm so glad that I did that because I saved so much heartache and money um, that could it could have gotten really, really expensive because we have a lot of products mm -hmm. and an extensive amount of things that I do. And just hiring someone to constantly do those things for me when I can do it myself. And the thing in the beginning is I didn't even try. So I always encourage entrepreneurs who come to me and they're like, hey, I need, I need to hire somebody. I'm like, no, no. Here are the tools. Here are the software. Like, cause I give game for free. Like I give my people the game for free because I want to see everybody win. I'm like, hey, you, you want social media content, download Canva and I'll, I'll help you, you know, like don't go to a graphic designer who's going to charge you hundreds of dollars to do this graphic design or website design. And you haven't even tried to do it yourself, try to do it yourself. And if you can't, then you can go to those secondary sources. But if you can do it yourself, then that means you can create your vision and exactly what 
you see your business as the exact way that you want to create it because nobody sees your vision better than what you see. So um, in the beginning, I definitely had to learn that lesson to just try to do it yourself. And it, it made me very self-reliant and self-efficient because now I teach other business owners how to create their website. I teach them how to do graphics. I teach them accounting. I teach them how to effectively run your business. And I'm so grateful that I had that in me to learn how to do that because now I can teach others as well. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So did you have the same entrepreneurial spirit when you were growing up? When do you, when did you know you wanted to be a business owner? Uh, I've, I want to say I've, it was something that was born in me. I think entre, being an entrepreneur or a business owner, I think it's, not instilled in you is something that you're born with. It's a spirit. It's a mindset. Um, most people, I don't want to say most, but because I don't know everyone in the world, but a lot of people, um, they don't have that mindset. They don't have that go get it, that hustlers mindset that I don't want to, some people are made to be workers to they and it's nothing wrong with that but then you have some people it's just not in you to be a worker you have to have your own you know mm -hmm. and i think that at a young age i knew i was going to be self-reliant i've always been this way but it wasn't until i actually entered into the workforce and had my first job and my first job i worked at sears <laughs> I worked at Sears, um, I think I was 16, and minimum wage, and you know, high school, you know, and I was just like, this is not for me. I knew then this is, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I think ever since then, I actually entered, when I actually entered into the workforce, I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I, I just knew I wasn't going to be a worker for the rest of my life. I didn't know what it would be, when it would be. I didn't know what I would do. I just knew that one day <laughs> I, I would be something, something amazing would happen. Um, and it did. Right. So I, I really believe that for the majority, you're, for the majority of the part, you're born. Something that a lot of us are born with is a spirit, it's a mindset. Um, but then you have those people who they go through certain experiences and then those experiences create that entrepreneur spirit in them. So it could be either or, but I would say it was something I was definitely born with. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're doing it and you're doing amazing at it. Well, thank um, you. So I'm curious about how the Skin Brewery came to be. Like, what is your background? What made you want to start a skincare brand? Okay, so ever since, uh, so, I knew my mom, when I was a kid, um, I was this really thin, tall, I'm like 5'8", almost 5'9", and I was really tiny. So my family expected me to be a model. <laughs> so, and it was something that, you know, I, w I did as a kid. Um, but when I was 13, my mom enrolled me into this modeling academy in Baltimore. And I went there for a year. And there I learned how they, you have like a pageant 
like course that they put you through. And there I learned how to do skincare and makeup when I was 13. Um, and ever since then, I've been obsessed with it. Um, and it's something that my family has always teased me about because they all they always call me the motto, the, the girly girl, because I'm that girl. I'm the skincare guru. My mom, my sister, everyone in my family, they call me about their skincare issues or their makeup because that's what I've done since I was 13 years old. I've always been very skincare conscious, like using I remember I used to my favorite brand I used to use clean and clear I was 13 years old I don't know any 13 year olds back then that was exfoliating and washing their faces things <laughs> like that I was so into it like if I would have a breakout I would freak out like I have really great skincare back at 13 years old mm -hmm. so that was just something that I've become very accustomed to and I just fell in love with it and then when I was a teenager um I started uh like in high school high school age I started wearing makeup and I would come to school and I was like that girl that always had her makeup done and eventually I branched out and became a makeup artist and then working for different photographers and things like that and I just grew my name and like I said, it's just always been something that's been a part of my life. And then I have a family member who's actually um, a celebrity makeup artist and he was kind of my mentor. So he would just teach me things that I didn't know about the skin and makeup. And like I said, so pretty much it's always been a part of my life. And so, I had eczema in my early teenage years, really bad eczema. I had it in my hair. I had it on my body, everywhere. Like, and it was something that made me super self-conscious. So when I was about 18, 19, I started getting into what we see now as a trend, as the vegan lifestyle and eco-friendly things. I started getting into that at that age and I became a vegan. And was just became super self-aware about what's in my products after I started. It was like, oh, what's in my food? And I'm like, what's in my products? So I would just research and it just took me down this whole rabbit hole. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> and just so I looked up on YouTube. This is probably like the earlier days in YouTube, how to create your own products and researching a different what this oil does which oil is best for eczema which ingredients are best for this so it really just started on me experimenting on myself and i created my own products just for me and i would just get so many compliments on people like your makeup looks so good your skin looks so good what do you use and i say i just make my own stuff and people were just like wow and the thing that really set it off is i went to a professional makeup artist to get my makeup done i was going to the millennium tour the very first <laughs> millennium tour and i wanted you know i went to this this lady she did my makeup she was like your skin is just like water what do you use and i was just like i just make my own products she said if you make your own products i would buy them and that from that day i just was like i'm starting a business <laughs> and she i literally launched the skin brewing, like the idea of it. I was like, okay. And that's how it came about. Um, so yeah. <laughs>
That's amazing. That's a great start. And I like the kind of homegrown aspect of it. That's yeah. a cool, like, origin story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's how it came about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so a lot of businesses, a lot of Black-owned businesses nowadays are getting criticized for overcharging. Um, and how do you feel about people who say that Black-owned businesses charge too much? Do you think that Black-owned businesses are undervalued, in a sense? I do think they're undervalued. Um, but I don't think Black businesses charge too much. I think you cannot put, I think people should charge for their value. Um, but I think it's a slippery slope. It's a balance that you have to have um, because I tell people all the time, um, you have to, you can't put a, a, you have to charge for the value that you bring. You know, if I'm giving you a certain value to a product, I can't downplay the price because it's a black owned business. Um, if anything, I feel people should want to pay more because it's a black owned business. Um, but then you can't go over the top with the price. So it's like you got to have a, a really good balance because I have some people that tell me my price is too high. For, my, for a bar of soap. But then you have other people, other businesses that charge more. So I really feel like there is a formula for it. So for me, I really like my products to be affordable. I pretty much mapped my business to be, um, I wanted a single mom to be able to be able to afford skincare and not have to choose between her skincare or feeding her child. You know, so I don't, I don't want my prices to be too high. But then when you look into the business aspect of it, you have to run a business. So you have to make profit. You have to make sure that your business is profiting. So I always tell, you know, the younger or the newer entrepreneurs coming into it, which sounds so weird because I feel like I'm still a new entrepreneur, but I always tell them, you have to charge for the value that you bring. You can't base your prices on what someone can afford, but what you are putting out, you know? And that may sound bad to some people, but that's the business of it. Like I can't, if a product costs me $4 to make, I can't charge $5 for it. Mm -hmm. Like that's just not good business practices. We can't, can't do that. So it's, 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 it all depends on the brand and the, the person that's in charge of the business um, to each his own. But I do think Black businesses are undervalued. They think that because it's a Black-owned business, people think that they should get a discount or the prices should be lower. You know, but it's just like, no, if anything, because Black businesses, it's really harder for a Black entrepreneur to really make it out here than the count than their counterparts um that you should want to go that extra mile to support that business be but i definitely think they're undervalued for sure yeah do you think that people should extend more grace to black owned businesses because we've seen a lot of big companies h&m gucci almost probably any white company you can think of offend people 
on a yeah. huge scale and people still want to buy their stuff and wear it as soon as they give you a discount code then people are back to supporting them and they're not mad anymore but it exactly. seems like yeah small businesses especially black owned businesses if there's one mess up people are <laughs> ready to head. cancel them right yeah i definitely think we need to extend some grace to black businesses um and i'm always on that I'm always a huge advocate for that. I'm really big on customer service. Really, really, really big. Maybe because I've come from a customer service background with the jobs that I've worked in the past, but I'm really big on that because I feel like, I don't even like using that word customers to, I like supporters, but I'm really big on that because I feel like that's what's going to effectively help your business that's your business your supporters are your customers so you want to make sure those are the people that's going to keep coming back keep coming back for the most part the skin brewery are repeat customers like i can see a packet slip and see the name and know exactly who that person is like i'm like oh okay she's always okay yeah and so it's just like that makes you feel good that means you have value you have a product that has value and so it, Customer service is really, really, really important. But sometimes it's, I, I'm not going to lie, sometimes Black-owned businesses, we have, they don't have the best customer service. But I don't think that we should be so quick to cancel them with that cancel culture because if we cancel Black-owned businesses, then we won't have any. So just like, let's extend some grace. Maybe you can give them constructive criticism. You don't have to be like, okay, I'm not supporting you. you we, we can't be like that with our own people. You know, it's just like, you know, with, like you said, with Gucci and H&M and all of these places that we support, they don't give back into our community. If you have a brand, then yeah, their customer service may not be that great. But on the flip side, they're a Black-owned business and they're giving back into the community, you know? So it's just like, just, just give them some slack. If you feel like, hey, I can't support this brand, then that's on you, but to each his own. But I definitely think we should extend grace because sometimes we never know what's going on in the background of that business. Maybe they're struggling. Maybe they're, and they just didn't have a really good day. And that's no excuse for it, but we're all human beings. I think we just need to extend grace and look at, we look at these big corporations and like, I'll give you an example. I get some emails sometimes about shipping because people think that we're Amazon. <laughs> Amazon can get your product to you in two days a day. But when you have businesses, small owned businesses, Sometimes, just like me, I'm, it's a one-woman show. It's going to take me three to five days or sometimes longer to get to every order, you know? So it's just like, we need that grace. But on top of that, we're a small-owned business. We give back into the community. We, especially Black women entrepreneurs, I'm always giving back to them and supporting them, but then you're getting a product where you don't have to question it. You don't have to question the morals and the values of who made that product, where it came from, what's inside of it. You know, so it's like you're getting a quality. So 
now we're used to fast, like that fast food mentality, but with businesses, with products, you can get it right on the spot. And we don't even, we don't care. But it's just like, you can't, you can't be like that with small owned businesses because we're not Amazon. And I, that's a whole nother political different situation, but that's a monopoly in itself, but we're not going to go there today. <laughs> but we should want to instill, you know, like that shipping time. It's, it's two to three days, guys, or five days. We, we can wait. <laughs> we can wait. But I definitely think to wrap it all up, we need grace with Black-owned businesses because we need to be able to create that Black Wall Street, that those things that we used to have. And if we cancel out a business because you had one bad experience with them or you didn't like their customer service we'll never get to that point you know so we need all of the black businesses that we can get at this point because if you go to the grocery store or you go to uh any mainstream place and you have bad customer service i guarantee you're gonna go back you're gonna go back Mm mm-hmm so it's just like, why can't you do it with black businesses? I think we're extremely too hard on black businesses. Absolutely. I think everything that you said sounds great. I'm also <laughs> shocked that people are complaining from the small businesses that I like regularly support. Yours <laughs> ships the fastest. So, but whatever. People always have something to complain about. They will. You can't please everyone. <laughs> right. So, I'm sure you have many friends and family members who've supported your business. And I don't know if this is a problem specifically for you, but a lot of small business owners have talked about their loved ones expecting a discount or free stuff. Um, And usually smaller businesses are the ones that cannot afford to be giving away a bunch of discounts and free stuff. Do you think it's a fair expectation for family members and friends of new business owners um, to want freebies? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, no. And this is something, whew, it is in, the, in our community, in the Black community, this is uh, a sickness. And I'm sorry. Uh, and that's something that I definitely had to experience. Um, in the beginning, I did not have that support from family members. Um, it wasn't until, let me just say this, my mom, my husband, and my grandma has been the biggest supporters of my business, hands down. But it wasn't until they had to, they had to, my, for instance, my grandma, she had to see it you know like some people are visionaries and they can just when you tell them your vision they're like yeah okay i'm going to support you i I see it but some people have to physically see it when we first launched i had a a, like a pre-launch party back home in maryland went amazing uh it was literally i couldn't even believe how great it went um after it happened and my grandma seeing the potential, she wrote me a check. And she wow. gave it to me to invest into my business. And it was a big check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and sometimes, and that's not a bad thing. Sometimes some people 
have to physically see it. They can't, you can't just tell them, hey, I want to start a business. I want to do this. And you expect them to invest into your business or believe in your business. Sometimes it takes for some people to physically see it. It shouldn't be like that, but that's just the way it is. Because I know with our counterparts, they can just go to family members or whoever and get money for their business. You know, um, but I did have family members who still to this day never supported my business. But that's okay. That was the lesson that I had to learn. Everybody, the biggest lesson I learned, everybody that is your family or your friends, they won't support your business. That's just what it is. The, a stranger on social media will support your business before one of your family members. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. You know, I think it should not be that way in our community, but that's just what it is. That's the reality of it. Um, and then the whole discount part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the you people, we think that because it's a black owned business. Hey, can I get a discount? Or hey, your price is too high. Hey, this, I should get this or this. And it shouldn't be that way because if I, if I have a friend who has a business, I want to pay full price. I want to pay for it. Don't you dare give me a discount. I'm not going to take it because I want to support your hard work. I don't want to take, I think we don't look at it from a business sense when we ask for discounts. We look at it as, hey, I want a product, but I don't want to pay for it or I don't want to pay for a price. But if you're a person and you understand the way that a business works, you're taking from that person. There, I don't want to take from my friend. I want to support my friend or my family member. So I'm going to pay full price because I want to support you. I don't want to take away because it costs money to run a business. So if I, if you give me a 50% discount, essentially, if your markups are not high enough, you're losing money. And what kind of friend would I be or family member would I be to take away from you when you work so hard for this? That's the way that I view it. So Absolutely, I want to, yeah. I want to pay full price. <laughs> Me too. I want to support you, <laughs> you know, but I do think that that's something in our, in our community that we need to work on. We can't expect because it's, even if it's your mom or your dad, like when you're starting off, it's hard. You're not making that money. You're not making money where you can buy a car. No. In the beginning, your money needs to be flowing back into your business. So it's just like, if you constantly have mom, dad, your cousin, uncle, Ray, Ray, this, 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 everybody wants discounts or free products. How am I making money? You're hindering me. You're keeping me down. So I, I, I don't agree with that mentality. If I'm a multimillionaire and I can give mom, give you, hey, Free products for everyone, right. <laughs> but I'm not there yet. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I have bills to pay for my business. I have products to. It everything costs money, so we have to, in our community, look at it from that perspective instead of the perspective of you have a product that I want, but I don't want to pay full price because I don't feel like I should have to. Mm -hmm. Stop looking at it from that. Stop. Let's stop taking from our community and our people. Let's invest into them and support them without looking for something in return. That's just me in general. If I don't look for anything in return for supporting you or helping you, no, I just want to help you. I want to see you win. 
And that's the way that we need to be. But sometimes in our community, unfortunately, we have that crabs in the barrel bucket, crabs in the barrel you know, that mentality. Mm -hmm. And we, we just, we cannot be like that with our people. We have to support and love on them and help them grow in any way that we can, because our counterparts, they're not doing that to their people. And this is why they're so far ahead in the game. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to play catch up at this point. So we, we just, we have to shift our mentality in that. Yeah, I 100% agree. I do want to go back to what you were saying about support and how a stranger will support you more than your own people, which was a difficult thing I had to deal with when I started this podcast. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think that is? Like, what is the psychology behind not wanting to support your own friends or family but really wanting to support someone that you don't even know like that. Why do you think people are more invested in the stories or the success of strangers? I think it uh, comes from like a competitive or uh, I don't want someone doing better than me type mentality. I think that, and it could be subconsciously something that we, it could be something that, us as a community, we subconsciously do because of our past, the things that our community and our people have been through. And we don't even know that we're doing it. Um, I think that it stems from that crabs in the barrel. Um, that mentality is just like, if we see someone that we know doing better than us, it's just like, ah, she's doing better than me. He's doing better than me. Let me, uh, and it's, 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 a sickness because there's room for everybody. You go into the grocery store, you see 10 different companies selling the same thing. Why can't we have 10 different skincare brands selling the same thing? If we all support everyone, everyone wins, everyone eats. We don't have to pick and choose who we're going to support. If we support everyone and everyone supports everyone, everyone wins <laughs> so it's just like i don't i don't i'm not a psychologist so i can't get to the root of it but i really feel i really feel like it's something that comes from we don't want to see someone doing better than us it's just like if i have a if i have a friend who is a multimillionaire i don't wanna ugh, like you it's like you're secretly hating you you don't want to it's like oh if you have a friend okay let's use this analogy i have if i have a friend that just bought a brand new car really nice car and we'll just be like oh yeah oh yeah while they're talking about mm -hmm. their car you know we're like oh yeah that's that's really nice you're not really happy for that person because that person is doing better than you like, and I'm not like that. I'm the type of person that is, I want the people around me, people are people that's doing better than me because right. you are who you hang with. I want multimillionaires, people, all of these people I want around me because then they can teach me, you know? Um, I, it's, it's really a sickness. I think it stems from something dealing with, we just don't want to see people doing better than us, especially the people that we know. We don't mm -hmm. want to see them, especially if we're doing bad. 
If I can't afford a new car and my friend or my family member just got a new car, I'm not going to be happy for them because I'm hating. I'm hater, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, but it, it, I think it, it just really stems from that crabs in the barrel. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're right. Don't, we don't want to see others doing better than us if we're not the top or if we're not doing good. We're just not genuinely happy for people. So we're going to support Gucci instead of supporting a Black-owned clothing brand. Right. You know? Like, I think it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's just really, really crazy. Yeah. And I I'm also so, think oh, it sorry. comes from, no, you're fine. And I think it comes from a brainwashing because if these brands, these everything, um, it represents a symbol of status, you know? So it's just like, if I have a Chanel bag that represents, I got, some, I got a coin. Or if I have this car, you know, and it's just like a lot of times as the black community, we're not, we didn't grow up with those things. And so when we get those things, it's like a status symbol. It's like, oh, I got this type thing, you know, because we didn't grow up with it. So now that we got it, it's just like, oh, yeah, I can afford these things. So we're, we're flashing and we have this, but those aren't the things that matter. I would rather support a black-owned brand than a high-end, high-end brand any day, like any day. But I think we're just so brainwashed and saying, "Hey, we have to have a Louis Vuitton bag. We have to have a Chanel bag. We have to have this type of car. We have to have this." And what, like the whole Birkin bag situation? Oh my God! <laughs> like yeah. the whole Birkin bag. You're paying all of this money. I'm not knocking anybody. You can want to buy a Birkin bag, buy a Birkin bag. But you're these this brand. I guarantee you, that's never did anything for the black community. We just we want because it's a symbol of status. Then this black-owned brand here, that their purses may be two hundred dollars, but they're probably actually cuter than a Birkin bag. Mm-hmm. But I want that status because my counterparts see that as a symbol of status. So if I can obtain that, then I can obtain their status. You get what I'm saying? So it, it just stems from a, like a insecurity that we, as the people we have, because we didn't have these things in the community growing up. And then just people just hated and not genuinely being happy in that crabs in the barrel, that mentality, I think is a mixture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so interested by that because I've seen so many people, so many successful people talk about I don't know what it is, but my friends didn't want to support me. And all my support came from people I didn't know, which sounds so backwards. It, yeah, it's very true. It's a very true statement. So guys, if you look to start a business and your family and your closest friends or friends or whoever, they don't support you. Don't, don't let that slow you up. In the mm-hmm. beginning, when I started, it was something that really got me down. Because if you have a lot of friends and a lot of family members, if you start off and start a business, that can get you going if you have that support from that circle, from those people. But no, no, they won't do it. They won't do it. (laughs) And that's perfectly okay. But then they'll be the same ones that double back around when you're successful. So don't, don't let it, don't let it bother you. Yeah. You just have to keep working and not focus on who's not with you. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what have you learned about yourself 
from running this business and preparing for this business over the past two years? I'm stronger than I think. (laughs) I'm a lot stronger than I think. That's the thing. That's the biggest thing that I've learned because coming into this, let's, let's say what it is. Being an entrepreneur and business owner is not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. It's the hardest thing in the world. And there were times where I did not sleep. I didn't get any sleep. There were times where I wanted to give up, where I cried, where I was just like, I can't do this. Like, but I'm stronger than I think. And by me every day telling myself I can do this and I'm stronger than I think, I made it through. Those, those times where I wanted to give up. Granted, there are still hard days, but I don't want to give up. So it's, I had to learn that just in general in my life. Um, throughout this whole process, I had so many different personal things that were going on in my life. And I learned that I was stronger than I think. I think that sometimes we're so quick to put ourselves down and say, I can't do this, or I don't want we, to, we, no, you're stronger than you think. Just keep going, learn to rest and not to quit. That's the key. If you're tired, rest, don't quit. Just come back to it. Um, and you'll be okay. It's gonna be hard. You're gonna have those days where you're going to feel like you can't do it, but remember, you're stronger than you think. Mm. Um, and if you just tell yourself that, I'm really big into meditation, mantras, so just keep keep going. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But I had to learn that I'm stronger than I think. We can handle anything. It's going to be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was the biggest thing because there, it was a struggle, a struggle. And, but day by day, just, I took it day by day. Mm-hmm. And now I look back on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I made it out of that. You're stronger than you think. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best part about being a business owner? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Just that sense of accomplishment is just so much pride and joy of saying, I have this. I built this from the ground up. I turned nothing into something. That is probably the greatest thing because in a world where you're constantly told you have to go the traditional way, you have to go to college and you have to get a job and when you don't have anyone believing in your dream or your vision and you did it, you proved everyone wrong, you know? And that's the greatest feeling in the world. Like it, it truly is. And then to say you've created a successful business, that's, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And then I don't do this for me. I'm really into building generational wealth. So I do this for, I don't have any children yet, but for my children and for my nieces and my nephews and my younger siblings to show you, to show them 
that you, this is something you can do. So now I have a nephew who he says, you know, I asked him, well, what do you want to do? He doesn't say, I want to work for a tech company. He says, I want to build a tech company. So it's just like that right there <laughs> is just the, the best thing ever to show them a different way because I didn't have anyone growing up showing me a different way. And so to show them, you can, you can create your own, you can build your own and them seeing, Oh, Hey, my auntie, she has her own business or, or this or that. And it's just like, it gives them that hope, that motivation that I can do this too. So that, and just knowing that I've created something great is those are just the best feelings in the world. Oh, that's amazing. That sounds like such an amazing reward um, for all of the incredibly hard work that you do. I still can't believe you have a full-time job on top of (laughs) running this business. (laughs) Um, So how did you grow your business so much in its first year? It seems like you had a very successful first year of business. How did you do that? (laughs) Thank Mm you. Um, yeah, we did pretty good. We did really good the first year. Um, again, it all comes back down to that planning that I did in the beginning. It really did. Um, because I didn't have to stop or take breaks or, and I knew what I was doing. I wasn't just winging it. You know, I knew my profit margins. I knew, uh, I just knew what I was doing. And I think so many times we have entrepreneurs who don't know exactly what they're doing on the business side. And so they may be spending more than they're making. You know, they may not be managing their money correctly and it hinders them. So technically you're not really making anything if you're spending more than you're making. So that planning in the beginning, I cannot express it enough, is so essential, is so key. And then all of the preparation that I did in the beginning as far as investing into marketing classes and learning how to properly market to my audience and learning who my audience was, what I wanted my brand to stand for. I've invested thousands of dollars in different classes and, you know, social media marketing and things like that in the beginning, that first year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when it was time to get down to it, I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew who my audience was. I knew who I wanted to target. Um, I knew how to market to them. I knew, because I took the classes, I did the research. I did the key things that you need to do to run a business. So then in the end, it just all worked out you know Mm -hmm. so like again that is just super key if any entrepreneurs are listening like guys just do the work in the beginning and you save yourself so much heartache so much pain and it it will help you a great 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 deal but yeah because I knew how to market to my audience I knew who my audience was and I knew the first key the first key into marketing is you never sell a product you sell a solution yourself a value so if you're constantly selling people a product they'll never just buy your product but if you give them a solution to their problem they'll come back you know i knew how millions of people just like me suffer from sensitive skin and eczema and these mainstream products 
they irritate their problem even worse. It's nothing on the market mainstream. Now they're trying to make it that way because they see that there's there's a, a need for it. Um, but I knew then that, hey, this is not really something that's really out there. So let me go ahead and, there are millions of people like me. Let me go ahead and create something for us. So, you know, and I knew that in the beginning when I did the work. And so my first year, it went pretty great. So yeah, just do the work, guys. Yeah. Okay. Can you give us a book recommendation? A book recommendation. One of my favorite books, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's a really great book. I love that book. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Last question. What is your dream for your life's work? Um, to make a difference. And as cliche as that may sound, that's why I started. To make a difference to not only make a difference into the healthcare or skincare world um, for others who suffer or I don't wanna say suffer, battle with the same things, um, but to make a difference in our community. You know, it's so many different businesses out there, maybe even black owned businesses, they don't really do anything for the community. And that's like my number one. Like, I want to be able to give back and help other entrepreneurs or create more entrepreneurs. And I don't care if we're in the same field. I don't care. Like, because I see that there's enough room for everybody to win. And I want to show girls, especially little black girls, that you can do it. Like, you, you're, you can do anything. Because nowadays in society, we see uh, this women where it's just, I don't want to be political, but you know, what we see nowadays in the mainstream with women. Um, we have to look a certain type of way. You have to have this. You have to inject this. No. No, you can be who you are and you can be successful and you can have a family and you can, you can do it. You can do it. And that's exactly who I'm doing it for and why I'm doing it and to give back to those once, when I can reach that level and to give back and help them come up. It's literally all about getting to your destination, turning around and helping the next person. It's not about having it all for yourself. I mean, maybe that's some people's mentality, but that's not mine. If I'm at the top, I'm going down to bring others to the top, period. I don't like, cause it's time to cut that crabs in the barrel mentality and that mentality of hoarding wealth or just not wanting to help other people. No, I get a sense of feeling, a feeling of enjoyment, of accomplishment, I feel good about just helping people. That makes me feel complete. So that's what I'm doing. And that's my, that's my goal, to be able to create a, a company that people can trust, <clears throat> to build a family of supporters, and to pass it down to my daughter, um, and for her to do the same thing. And we just help everyone 
along the way, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) That's a great mission. And I am positive you're going (laughs) to inspire a lot of people with the work that you're doing. Hopefully people who listen to this interview. I'm so grateful to you for doing this, especially while you're sick. No Um, problem. And I will definitely link your Instagram and your website um, below so that people can go support. Everybody, please (laughs) go buy something from the Skin Brewery. I promise I buy a whole bunch of their stuff and I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tiana, for doing this interview. No problem. And I'll I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. All righty. Thank you.